podcast with me phil and me paul and on this week's show of course we'll be reviewing the latest episode of doctor who in the forest of the nights but first as usual let's start off with some news and unfortunately we have to report that linda bellingham who you know as starred as the inquisitor in the trial of the tunnel season has sadly passed away um she sort of passed away the day after we recorded last week didn't she yeah yeah um i'm it, it's she's she had been ill for a while and she had, had announced that she didn't have long to go. I think she was just trying to get to Christmas, wasn't she? She did. She she decided to give up on uh, the chemotherapy uh, that yeah. she was um, that she was taking because um, I think anyone who could who sort of you know or, or have been through chemotherapy is an extremely painful experience, isn't it? And yeah. she just decided um, no more. So yeah, my mother said she wasn't going to have any more. Yeah, that stage. So. Yeah, yeah, that's it. So, um, yeah, so it was sort of widely reported in the papers. Um, and recently she'd been on a show in the UK called Loose Women, which was like a, a daily magazine show, I suppose, you could, I suppose you could say, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and she just recorded uh, what is now her last appearance. And they basically they put that out sort of two days after she died, unfortunately. So oh, she literally recorded it a week before she sadly passed away. Um, so I don't think anyone quite knew just how close to the end she was. Um, and I suppose you could say she was a bit of a, uh, I suppose you could say a, a bit of an institution in this country. I mean, uh, probably more through the, the OXO adverts, wasn't it? Um, to a certain extent. I'm not totally sure as to that should be her her main claim to fame. Well, really. that's what everyone really knows her from. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, she, I mean, I also know her as playing um, Helen Herriot. Yes, in, that's when, what when I was all say, great and small came back, yeah. Um, but I also know from she appeared. The in regenerated this... Helen. <laughs> yeah, she was the regenerated Helen. Actually, <laughs> you're right. Um, yeah, but um, yeah, I also know she was in um, an episode of the Sweeney and in the first Sweeney film. Yeah, which is called Sweeney. Um, so she, she was in that, um, but she also in like General Hospital, Z Cars. Um, I forgot she was in Angels as well. I don't remember her from Angels. I never really watched Angels, I have to say. No, I don't remember that at all. Um, but yeah, but what I didn't realise, I mean, she played um, the Oxo Mum, and it was a very popular series of adverts. And I didn't know it was from 1983 right up until 1999. Yeah. I didn't realise they went on for the, quite that long. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, she, I mean, she is, I mean, she's sort of, you know, a very, very popular, very popular actress. And I said, of, of late, she was popular on on the Loose Women program. Um, and unfortunately, as we can say, it, it, this is one sort of passing that hasn't come as a surprise, really, is it? No, really, because she had been ill for some time, and, and especially as what been in the papers for the last few weeks. Uh, but also, so, didn't know as well. She's also re- revived the character of the Inquisitor in, in a, a series of um, Big Finish audios as well, right? Which I didn't know. I didn't know. No. No, and they actually gave her the uh, a character a name rather than just the Inquisitor. Her name was Dark Hill. Right. So uh, yeah, I thought we might have to look into some of those. Yeah, I think. Yeah. So, uh, but very, very sad. Very sad. Um, but 
yeah, it just it just it's just a shame she didn't make that last Christmas really, wasn't it? That's that's what she wanted. It's, it sounds as if to a certain extent it was a release for her. Yes, but, it does. Yeah. It it certainly does. Anyway, um on to on to other news now and now during the week there was a, a fan event announced by the BBC. Uh this is in conjunction with the DVD release of the 8 series box set. Um now apparently if you head over to doctorwho.tv and answer a multiple choice question you'll be put into a um into a prize draw. Uh, which apparently will close on Wednesday, the twenty ninth of October. It's the day you hear this, actually. So, <laughs> so this is why this is why we don't care about you. Lying. Exactly. Now, the funny thing is, I did actually have a little um, a little look at um, at Doctor Who TV, and if you click on the events section, the page is unavailable. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> so I don't. That's, think that's, 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 the, that's the, the the thing you've got to solve. <laughs> yes, maybe it is. <laughs> It's not the answer that's difficult, it's the question. Well, it's finding the question. <laughs> well, the event is going to be on Monday the 17th of November, uh, which is when the apparently is when the release of the, the Series 8 DVD and Blu-ray set is. And the event is going to be hosted by Frank Skinner. Hmm. Yes, now apparently uh, the event is when the cast has the their first chance to reflect uh, back on the sort of like uh, Peter Capaldi's debut series. And uh, this is going to be only with 140 lucky fans. Mm. At a central London location. We don't know where that is at the moment. But uh, no, they're not going to tell you until the only the successful applicants will be contacted and told or something. Yes, it? yes, it's all very secretive. What looks of things, but uh, at least it, it does sound more like a proper event, doesn't it? It's not anything yeah. you could sort of hang around outside hoping to meet the stars. This is really is an exclusive thing for 140 fans. Yeah. No doubt it will get out on Twitter or Facebook eventually, but uh, no, I must admit, Paul, I did try. I did try. Look, uh, I, I will try again before Wednesday. <laughs> so by the time this goes out, um, we could either be very lucky or just disappointed. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, no, no. I think there'll still be a couple of hours, won't there, before this, once this goes out, before it, the thing closes. Oh, for... it could be. Well, it depends how quickly people listen to <laughs> it. It depends on whether you feel we've been successful or not. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> Although I can't believe our one listener's going to stop us going. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> Roger, after last week's episode, I was zero listeners. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> now, um, also talking of uh, DVDs and Blu-rays. Um, now, during the week, it's actually on Thursday, gone, just gone. Um, BBC were offering to replace the uh, Blu-ray edition of Day of the Doctor, which was in the 50th anniversary box set. Now, yes. apparently, yeah. Now, um, I must admit, I haven't got this problem. My, my copy is, is um, A-OK. Now, apparently people were complaining of a frame rate fault on the Day of the Doctor disc, uh, which apparently, well, not apparently, is disc two of, of the box set. Uh, now, apparently fans have been taken to the forums and expressing their disappointment. Uh, so the BBC um, basically said, if, they, if you send the Blu-ray back to them to a free post... Uh, address, um, as long as you include your full known postal details inside, they will just uh, replace the disc for you free of charge. Now, this is only available for uh, UK and mainland UK customers only, so mm. it, does, it doesn't apply to um, anywhere outside the UK, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, so if you head over to doctorwhonews.net and you'll see the article um, on there, it was dated Thursday, the 23rd of October. 
and you can get the address off of there. If um, if you've got any problems with your disc, have you, you got a problem with yours, Paul? Or uh, I must admit, I haven't tried yet. You haven't cracked it open. Well, do you know what? Well, I, well, do you I know have. what? Ne- ne- neither had I till I read this. <laughs> I I have, but only to watch various Extras. other bits. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. main thing I watched was the obviously the the uh, Paul McGann little yes. bit, which I wanted to see better than just as the online bit I'd when I'd originally watched it. Yeah, I think I. Did they, I think they put it on the red button, didn't they, near the near the anniversary? Yeah. I watched that on the two, but that was the one and only time. Yeah. Uh, but my, I could watch that over and over again. Yeah, that, 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 that was basically it, I think. Yeah, that that was one of my... Um, that and um, the Fabish Doctor's reboot yeah. were my highlights of the 50th anniversary. Really were. Oh, of course, going to see the, uh, uh, the Doctor Who prom as well last year, which is also on the box. I haven't got around to watching that yet. No, it's actually meant that I can start clearing out my hard drive on the... <laughs> <laughs> well, your Virgin box. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. I've suddenly got about 10 hours more free than I had before. Christ. Bloody hell. <laughs> That's a lot, mate. That's a lot. Now, um, on to stat news. Woo-hoo. Now, the Live Plus 7 figures have been announced um, th- from deep breath through to listen. This is really what you've been waiting for. Oh, it is, it is. Now, these are the um, the ones... They, they don't take into the, the usual Barb figures. Uh, these take in all the like iPlayer figures as well, um, and basically all the time shift um, stuff and re- repeats on other UK channels. So, um, so here we go, then. Here we go. We, we were what we were saying about when would these start coming out, didn't yes, we? Yes, we did. I think a couple of couple of episodes ago wasn't it so yeah. um, so here we go then so deep breath got a live plus seven figure of 10.76 million which is bloody good into the dalek got 8.26 million robot of sherwood got 8.25 and listen got 7.80 yeah which is you know it's, it's a it's a fair jump from 10.76 down to 7.80 well but but, mm. but up from the Obviously, overnight figures. Yes, indeed, indeed. Um, if we look at the the same day, I think Listen got four point eight two, didn't it? Yeah. Looking at that, so you're looking at three million. Yeah. So that's a big jump. It's a very yeah. big jump. So and the but, jump for deep breath was somewhere around four, by the Yeah, it was, wasn't it? So when the when the other plus seven figures come out, uh, we'll obviously we'll, we'll sort of. We'll bore you with those. We'll bore you with those as well, yes. I was going to say bring them to you, but I'll bore you as much much better football. (laughs) Yeah. um, So, anyway, more stat news. Now, on to the overnight figures for In the Forest of the Night. And I've got overnight viewing figures of 5.3 million, which isn't unhealthy, is it, really? Which has sort of been around about... The average, I mean, it's slightly better than last week, isn't it? It is actually, yeah. Um, now, this actually came ahead. And, and it beats Pointless Celebrities it this did. week. It did. Pointless Celebrities got 4.74 million. Uh, top again was Strictly Come Dancing with 9.4. So that seems to go up every week, doesn't it? Yeah. Strictly. And X Factor's had a drop, 7.34. Not a massive drop, but it's, it's a drop. And to me, that's significant. Hopefully, <laughs> yeah, that's hopefully it, it spells it? the end. <laughs> Oh, please, please. Now, that means that Doctor Who got a 21.6% share of the total TV audience uh, for Saturday night, which is well, that's good. That's good. Now, um, on to the official final ratings for Flatline. 
and that got a full consolidated rating of 6.71 million. Yeah. Which is good. Yeah. So it says that's 2 million higher than the initial overnight figure, which is bloody good, actually. I think that's a lot of people trying to work out (laughs) whether they liked it or not. Yes, probably. Probably. (laughs) To a lot of extent as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I don't know if that one was a divisive episode or not last week. I thought it went down pretty pretty Hmm. well, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably not as divisive as others that have uh, <laughs> that have been on. So that kill the moon for argument's sake. But uh, yeah, I think that's bloody good. I think that's and a, a two million jump as well. I mean, that's quite significant, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. But uh, anyway, I thought you bored people enough with that. Haven't we? <laughs> not much more you can say about that. Now, the one we've all been waiting for: the audience appreciation index for Flatline. Yeah, eighty-five. Which that's is the, that's the equal highest, to, yeah, yeah, no, that's no. equal to uh, Mummy on the Orient Express, isn't it? Is it? Didn't they get 85? I can't remember. The others have got 84 and 82, and I think that got 85. Oh, it's such a blur, I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, well, I don't care. You, you, <laughs> just, you just read these out with such excitement that it just washes over you afterwards, doesn't it? I think you find it's conviction I read them out with, Porthia. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, now as usual. Um, well, say not as usual. This seems to be the the, the trend over over recent weeks. They give you. Is this exactly bit... the same paragraph? I think they just. No, it's the... not. It's not the same paragraph, Paul. Is it not? No, it's not. This one's rated slightly higher with men than ah. women. Ah, oh, do you take think it back. To change it after last pin pointed out last week. I think after after your rebuttal of the <laughs> yes of their statement, Paul. But um... I still think it fit fresh and new, though, didn't they? Oh, Jack Jones is pleased. <laughs> Even though he keeps telling them it's exciting than you. Come on. <laughs> He's raking the royalties from the other boat, especially after the little clip I played last week as well. <laughs> I think come the end of um, this run of Doc 2, I might have a treat in store for the listeners. <laughs> You'll find out on the last episode. Um, yeah, so that is, again, it scored uh, highest win the 16 to 34 age group. That is uh, the same again, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I can't remember what last week's but it's apparently 51% of that sample thought it was fresh and new. Yes. Oh, so not thought, felt fresh and new. <laughs> thought the probe felt felt fresh and new. Ah. Yes. Hmm. They obviously got the, the scratch and sniff version. Of I think they must have. <laughs> the shake and back version of Flatline. <laughs> <laughs> it puts the freshness back. Into that rug, obviously. Obviously. <laughs> Ah, yes, well done, mate, well done. Also, my mum hated that advert when it was when it was when I was a kid. <laughs> she she had a flat voice. <laughs> Whereas my mum's always been known for a wonderful singing voice. <laughs> oh, dear, right, let's leave that there. Right, okay, everybody. Um, after all the excitement, and, or boredom, I should say, of, of stats, let's bring some excitement back into your life, because now it's time for Omega's Tech Corner. You pester me with trinkets! Okay, now, um, I suppose you could say fresh off uh, the success of Flatline, uh, Rubber Toe Replicas have been rather quick uh, to push out this piece of tat, haven't they? Yes, I was quite surprised to see it already. Yes, uh, what they've done, it's a TARDIS Siege Mode Cube. Whoa! Um, I've got to admit, it's quite a nice little prop, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's not too bad actually. It does look. You could use it as a paperweight. 
Yes, indeed, you could do. It is. It's. I do think it's actually quite nice. Um, now it's made out of polyurethane resin filled with aluminium powder or aluminium powder for our uh, North American listeners. Um, now this is retailing for forty nine ninety five. Uh, which, to be honest, for a replica, because r- rubber toe replicas, they because they, they copy the exact designs, don't they? Yeah. Um, and they are very, very high quality. I don't think that's too bad a price. It's we, not we, compared we, to some of the other stuff they've done. No, it's not, is it? It really isn't. Um, no, I quite like that. I do quite like that actually. I'd be sort of r- rather sort of proud to have that sitting on the uh, on the on the shelf or the mantelpiece, or she says just a paperweight. Hmm. Yeah, I quite like it. I quite like it. Now I don't know when this is shipping, or it's shipping right now. I can't actually see from the. Uh... Due to high demand, this item may take two to three weeks to ship. Hmm. So it must be out already then. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming from that. But as they they ask you to note, all our products are meticulously handmade by master artisans, one piece at a time. Hmm. Okay. Now, if you have this shipped to the UK, the price goes up to fifty four eighty five. If you ship to anywhere outside of the UK, it's sixty two ninety five. Hmm. So that's, that's forty nine ninety five plus your shippings, which is I suppose the rest of the world that's not too bad. Yeah, don't know, don't know actually. Um, but it does also say reading through the blurb here, your cube will naturally tarnish a little over time. And we think this gives it a nice patina. But if you uh, prefer it shiny, then gently buff it with a piece of. Um, What's that? What's that? Double zero, double zero grade wire wall to bring it back to its former luster. Yes. Yes. Uh, always buff for a nice shiny. <laughs> Use a bit of wire wall to give it a damn good buffing. Yes. <laughs> Some people pay good money for that. <laughs> I don't, no, so let's just stop there. <laughs> right. Okay. Now, next up in tack corner, um, and length or the length doctor. Sorry, seventh doctor's umbrella. That is a bit of marketing. That is indeed, isn't it? Um, Do you know what? I thought they'd already done one of these. It does seem to be something that... It seems very familiar, doesn't it? Yes. (laughs) And if they haven't, then then it seems to have been an oversight that's taken a long time to rectify. Yeah. Now, this is um, an exact replica of Sylvester McCoy's question mark umbrella, so it's got the red uh, question mark handle. Um, it's available to pre-order from the BBC shop, and that is currently retailing for twenty four ninety nine. Hmm. I don't know if that's expensive in umbrella terms. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I have no it idea. It depends on the quality of the umbrella, I should say. Well, let's let's read through it, shall we? It's made of metal with a solid fiberglass ribs, customized iconic iconic handle with matching tip and black polyester fabric. All of which give it strength while still keeping one dry and passerby safe. So there you are. I think that's quality, Paul. I think you find that's quality. Now this is going to be released on the first of December. So yeah, so you've got that pre-order guarantee of twenty four ninety nine. Don't forget. Would you have? Would you have one, Paul? I I I, I would have just got it if it was a hat stand decoration, but it says it's more than that. So. Ah bollocks. <laughs> that's me out. I'm afraid. That's me out. I'm done. Now. um... Oh, now this, we think this one is is um, a rip off. This one, don't we? This, this next <laughs> yeah, one, well, yeah. Compared to other stuff that we bring. Yes. In. Now, um, I think this is actually the third time we've uh, since we've been podcasting nearly nearly four years now. Um, this, I think, it's the third time we bought you a Doctor Who Monopoly set. <laughs> yes. Now this is the 2014 Regeneration Edition. Yes. 
And they, they definitely have just brought out the same thing with a different face, haven't they? Yes, yeah, so this looks very familiar to the 50th anniversary Monopoly um, set they bought out. And it appears all they've done is taken out John Hurt and put him in Peter Capaldi. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's got the um, Matt Smith and David Tennant 50th anniversary pose, the back-to-back pose. And they just sort of separate, Photoshop and separate and put Peter Capaldi in the middle. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, this is going to be released on the 7th of November, and it's got a pre order guarantee of £31.49. Yes. Now, again, this is from the BBC shop. Is this what Monopoly costs you these days, or is, yes. is it just because it's Doctor Who? I think it does, actually. I think most games are Bloody quite dear. I can't get over the price of that. That, well, what what my advice is to is to everybody really is um, if you've got the fifth of anniversary one, go to uh, this will be in the Forbidden Planet or W H Smith very soon, and I'm actually advocating this is to just break open the box and nick the pieces out of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, great. Yeah. Mm. I, I just I just take it home and play it with your fifth of anniversary edition because you'll. I think if you buy this again, you're being ripped off. I'm still not quite sure what are the squares that you land on. Me neither. Um, well, re- re- and what did you get a chance to buy? I'm... Well, I don't know. It's, it's, on the description of this, it says, The classic games regenerated with the new Doctor, P- Peter Capaldi. Uh, the fast-dealing property trading game comes complete with six exclusive collectible tokens. My, my experience of playing Monopoly is fast is not the word. No, it's not, is it? Um, if you click on features, it says release date, 7th of, of November. That's <laughs> that a is, feature. That is, that's his major feature. That's it, a feature. It, it, is, it, is, it is for the BBC shop. And for the <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, I think that's a bit of a rip-off, actually. The problem is, though, unless, they want, unless when Peter Capaldi leaves, they don't want to bring out another one. The thirteenth Doctor's got to be the little bloke with the top hat and white. Stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Who could play that? <laughs> if Arthur Lowe was still alive, he'd be <laughs> shooing, <laughs> wouldn't he? So. <laughs> that would be it. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear! Right, everybody, that's it for the news, and that's it for Tech Corner. So, coming up very, very shortly is our review of In the Forest of the Night. So, for another week, then that was the news. <laughs> Right then, everybody, it's time for our review of In the Forest of the Night. I think it's lovely. You have reached your destination. No, we haven't. We're supposed to be in the middle of London. You have reached your destination. Oh, stop saying that. She's only saying it because it's true. We are in the middle of London. We are in the middle of a forest. Come on, team, let's do this. We will. If you stop calling us a team. Okay, Paul, I believe it's your turn to kick off proceedings this week, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, okay. What do you think? Um, This very much felt like a treading water episode. Uh, yes, they, yes. They could have just put out the next time trailer for me, I think, as far as this one goes. <laughs> Do you know what? I think uh, you join quite a few, many people with with that same opinion, and uh, I, I'm also of that opinion as well, actually. The problem is, though, that I'm sure that when Frank Cottrell Boyce was writing this, it wasn't me he was envisaging as his audience. No, this... this... And... I was going to say, this fits better as a Sarah Jane adventure story. Yeah. 
this, 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 no, but surely this shouldn't be not considered Doctor Who. I mean, are we really getting away from... Well, that's it's, what I mean. It's not. It's this, this is this is a Sarah Jane adventure story. This is for little kids. This is this is not for a family audience. This wasn't. This was written for little children. To a certain extent, but I don't know. I think Doctor Who still has to have some of that to it at some point. Otherwise, it's it's it can't all be aiming at the older age group. No, um, but. The problem we've got is it just now seems even more odder at the time it's going out. Well, I think it's the other thing. Yeah, if this, if yeah. this was going out at six o'clock on Saturday night, I don't think. <laughs> perhaps it would have been more. You know, you could say, "Well, this is, well, this is the time slot." I, I don't know. I thought after the the recent run of absolutely brilliant episodes we've had, I thought this was pretty dire. To be honest, it lacks any tension. Uh, as I say, it was written for small children, not not for a you know for a, a family uh, type audience. Um, okay, it it kept the fairy tale aspect, which I've been so I keep bringing up over the last few weeks since I sort of picked up on it. It's all about fairy tales and myths. There's a lot of that again this week. But the thing about yeah. fairy tales, they're usually very very dark and scary stories. There's you always like a there was always a big bad something. Yeah. In this, and there was nothing. There was it's, no, there was no bad guy this week, and there was, there was, you weren't really rooting for anything. There was no tension. There was, there was nothing there. There, there. there was, yeah. That's the problem. I mean, it, it all looks good, and I think it's, it's an interesting idea. Yeah. But whether it really works as a story, this I have to say, considering that the Doctor was in nearly every scene, felt mm. more like Doctor Light episode than last week's. It did. You're absolutely right. I mean, and I, I mean, think the. I was going to say Capaldi was good. I did like the. Yeah. I did like. I mean, the the one bit I really liked. He just made me laugh. He was sort of going to each kid in the TARDIS. Are oh, you Maeve? Are oh, you Maeve? Are you Maeve? And they said, "Oh my God, Maeve's outside. She's she's going to die." And the Doctor sort of like oh! like that. He sort of gets surprised. We've got to find her. And I liked that. I liked the way he was reacting to all the kids. Um, so he was good. I thought Jenna Coleman was good. Um, I thought Danny Anderson. Danny Anderson. What am I talking Danny about? <laughs> Danny Anderson was really bad. He didn't really show up at all. <laughs> Samuel Anderson, sorry. <laughs> Samuel Anderson, I thought he was pretty much underused, really. But I thought, yeah, the, the two Lees, great. I thought the kids weren't that annoying. Yeah, I wondered, really. I wondered though, with that. But I actually don't think the kids were annoying, which is unusual, because usually, if you, especially if you get that much of a group in something like this, yeah, yeah, then it really does get annoying. But I just wondered whether that was just because I wasn't really that caring about the episodes so they didn't spoil it for me probably not <laughs> <laughs> which may also say something about that it might do this episode um i just felt actually afterwards i felt to myself what really is the fact that actually in this nobody actually does anything at all no it happens it's explained why it's happened and that's it yeah the doctor actually does nothing i mean the doctor is actually more a narrator than a participant in this. Uh, yeah, I, I see what you mean. Because he, he doesn't do anything at all. He could have, yeah, he? no. It could, it, could have been, it could have been him offset with just his voice explaining what had happened. I think this is the, one of the criticisms that some people had of last week's episode, is that the Doctor was in it, but he does nothing to move the story along. He, he doesn't have, he doesn't really, and right until the very end, he doesn't change the outcome of anything, does he? 
Um, no, but, but at so least I think that was... I, I think that's probably more applicable in um, the Mummy on the Orient Express. He doesn't really do anything right to the end, it's, and it's a very split second decision he makes. But in this one, he's in the thick of it, isn't he? Pardon, but he pardon the pun. But, but there's not a there's not a decision to make. There isn't exactly. That's the whole thing. It, it, the decision there. decision is not to do anything. Yeah, and actually, Clara makes the decision for him is to go. Yeah, and had he gone, it wouldn't have, it, it, it wouldn't have made any difference no. anyway. No, if it's, he had left them to their fate, well, they had, yeah. there was no fate for him. You know, well, it was no. you know, um, yeah, it, it was just it was just a completely nothing story. And even if they sort of try to. Make the the forest a bit more threatening, which I thought which which was was going to happen. You know, you, you're yeah. in, in a creepy fo- a forest that appears out of nowhere overnight, and they didn't make it the slightest bit creepy. I even thought when they got to the middle, was all the cobwebs in the trees. I thought, is there going to be some massive spider in the middle or something like that? Um, but no, nothing. No, see, I mean the the only the only danger you had was was the wolves, wasn't it? Really. And 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 I found myself watching this and having my mind about people saying, "Well, stuff's not really about kill the moon," saying that wasn't realistic. I found myself sitting there thinking, well, "They must be the slowest running wolves in history." Exactly, because <laughs> they're being outpaced by that girl, little girl. Um, she, she was five yards away from them when she started. She'd have got another three maximum before they ripped her apart. <laughs> well, that's the thing. When right there's your um, your fairy tale with little Red Riding Hoods. Yeah, being chased by wolves. Um, yeah, and apparently now look, I'm on the on the wiki entry for this. Now I haven't watched oh. the Doctor Who Extra, but apparently uh, the, um, Maeve's surname Arden is referenced to the forest in William Shakespeare's As You Like It. Yeah, which I didn't know. Now you got whilst well, I just bought the subject of Doctor Who Extra. You've come thought of something here, haven't you, about Doctor Who Extra? Because I haven't watched any of them. It was just actually, considering that we're now saying, right, okay, this is this is very much a episode aimed at children. Yeah. And we're not the target audience. I was just having a look at the times for when the Doctor Who extra for this is available on the red button. Mm. And it's 10pm to 11.35 on Saturday. Right. 9pm till 6am on Sunday. 9.30pm till 6am on Monday, Tuesday 6am till 7.30am, Wednesday 9.30pm till 6am, Thursday 9.30pm <laughs> till 10pm, 11.35pm till 6am, and Friday 6am till 7.30am and 9pm till 6am. Who's now, this actually for then? Now, why not? Couldn't they... Isn't there any way they could have put it on sort of between five o'clock and six o'clock at night on any day? Uh, I can't see the red button services that chock-a-block with stuff to watch. No. I, it just seems to me to be a bit... And how long is this Doctor Extra going for? For about, what, ten minutes? It's only ten minutes. I do find that really... Be- Unless it's on the iPlayer as well, I, I don't know. I mean, it is, but there's a sense of, you know, do you want to put them in front of the computer or... Is it a case of, you know, there it is on the telly? Yeah, I, I really don't understand that. It's just odd timings Very to, odd. to be on late at night. Yeah. I can see this is probably one of the most kiddie-friendly Doctors we, we, yeah. we've had this series. You know, yeah. It, yeah, it doesn't make any sense at all, does it? There's no, there's no point on Sunday that it could have been on before earlier than 9pm. No. No. 
That's that's really bizarre, isn't it? Really bizarre. It's but... just a case of who are you aiming this episode at? Hmm. I just don't. Don't know. So I, don't. I just don't seem to understand it. No, I'm, I don't. And while I can accept that it's not aimed at me, and I'm well out of the age group that would perhaps <laughs> enjoy this. Yeah. I just don't think they seem to have worked out. BBC worked out themselves who they're aiming this at now. No, I don't. Yeah, people have sort of lost it a little bit on that front, haven't they? Especially with with, with this, anyway. With I mean, this episode, actually, you know, even, this episode even, finished after nine o'clock at night. Yeah, and it's the most kid-friendly one we've had. Yeah, which probably goes to show why everyone's sort of disappointed with it because it's not aimed at that the, the type of person who's, who's staying yeah. up to watch it. So. Yeah, the person who's watching it is not under thought of the age group. No. Anyway, anyway, never mind the sort of. Um, <laughs> I think this is going to be a, a, a long-winded discussion. We keep going about the, the, the times because the, the timings of this um, have just been really strange since Strictly came back. To be honest, but, uh... but but yeah, for stuff like Listen and Mummy and even last week's one, yeah, fair enough. Slightly more and Kill the Moon even hmm. scary and yeah, can accept they're a bit they're on a bit later. But yeah, but this just, though, it, no, that just doesn't get it. fit into this time scale at all. Nah. Um, well, actually, what we were talking about. The I mean, board. I was going to say the only person probably who'd be hiding behind the sofa watching this is probably the managing director of Rail Track. <laughs> and why would that be? <laughs> Leaves on the line. I don't know. <laughs> actually, I mean, actually, what we were talking about the. Um, the wolves a minute ago. Um, I think not one of the complaints. Now, I, this I don't quite understand. People are talking about the very poor CGI for the wolves or the animals in full stock, the wolves and the, and the tiger. Um, as far as I could tell, I've watched it a couple of times now, and as far as I could tell, they weren't CGI. They were just poorly imposed into a into the scene more than anything else. I have to say, I have no view on that. <laughs> no, no. I did, well, I, I wouldn't just complain. But I thought, no, they weren't CGI. Not that I could see. They were just. It was like live action footage taken, and they were just superimposed into the into the footage. So I don't think the BBC have got the budget to do like wolves and tigers, you know, that close up and make it look realistic. I think it was, it was just poorly superimposed real footage. So, yeah, certainly not into <laughs> this sort of. Um, episode you wouldn't have thought. No, no, indeed. Um, but actually, while we're on the subject of the tiger, um, would I mean really? Would it be scared off by someone showing a torch in its face? Um, I, you, if well, I've never tried. So well, put I, it this I can't way. really say. Put it on past experience. Cats or cats are cats, but it doesn't matter what size they are. They're still cats. Okay, and based on my my, my experience with a cat, if you show. <laughs> No, I just got this image that all today you've been with the talk chat. You've gone through about six AA batteries and a talk chat, <laughs> testing it on your poor cat. No, <laughs> no, that's the thing. If you shine a light at a cat, it will chase it. It won't run away. It drives it mad. It wants to catch it, and that's probably what have happened with that tiger. It wouldn't have run off because someone shone a torch in its face. It probably, in real life, it probably would have torn Samuel Anderson's face off. <laughs> And had the kids and all that as for pudding. <laughs> I mean, the fact is, actually, we don't actually know if, it's, if it was actually a hungry tiger. I mean, <laughs> it, it, it's travelled quite away from London Zoo, so I suspect it would have come across other people already. Well, I was about to say, had it eaten all the other people that should have been wandering around aimlessly in London at that time. Yeah. 
it was, was interesting that nobody else had bothered venturing out. No, no. You had um, basically you had the kids and Maeve's mum. Yeah, and that's it. That that I mean, okay. I know people are going ah, but you took up a took up a um, umbrage at people having a go at the bad science the other week. Well, um, this is just yeah. lazy plotting. This is this is nothing to do with bad science. This is just really lazy. You know, not even mention about other people. They just stay in their homes. Yeah, and also the whole thing about the a cobra wanting to set fire to it. Do you really think that's the most effective way? <laughs> probably is the most effective way of clearing, but it just clears everything. Kind exactly. of you wouldn't do that in the middle of London. There's buildings and people there. You wouldn't do that. Um, yeah, let's start a forest fire in the middle of London. Exactly. Have you not thought of axes or chainsaws first, perhaps? You know. I can, I can accept that's going to take quite a bit of time. But, it would yeah. do. But, 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 then, but, but yeah, start, starting a fire in the middle of London. Starting to find in a heavily treed area exactly. is, is probably not the safest way to go about it. And then they go about spraying chemicals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh dear, this really wasn't thought out at all, was it? Um, I, I mean, I think this is what I'm... I'm actually going to try that on my garden. Though. I'm going to go out there later <laughs> and set it all on fire and say to people, it, it, I was told it was the clearest, quickest way to clear it. And you'll probably find a small child there chasing imaginary pigeons. <laughs> Like, like, like Maeve was doing. Because that's all I thought. She was like, she's chasing imaginary pigeons all around. And so, so I'll t- t- tell you what, t- talking of pigeons, one thing one thing these trees do seem to have done is, right, and I've cleaned up Nelson's column. Haven't they? Crikey, it was spotless, wasn't it? It was. I mean, I'm, I'm all for that now. Perhaps this is the way forward. We've now got to have trees everywhere to stop them. It's... <laughs> The dirt and the pigeon droppings. Okay, that are... maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe the sight of close up of Nelson's column covered in pigeon crap isn't really ideal for a family audience. <laughs> it's on at nine o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> it's after the watershed, <laughs> where you can throw, where you can show crap. It's after the something shed, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, it's after the watershed where you can show crap on television with wanton abandon. <laughs> And some people might apply that to this episode, actually. So. Look, it's good enough for David Attenborough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it it just ah, oh, I, I did really find this one dire. I'm sorry. I really, I was really hoping to get through this series without, you know, having to use that word. It was dire, and this one was. It was such a disappointment. Um, it, so it just didn't do anything. It didn't go anywhere. Uh, it, it was just pointless. Really, I really think this one was pointless. No, I think the point is though, as you as you said, had this been a Sarah Jane adventure story, yeah, it'd probably been for okay. kids to be shown on CBBS or CBBC, wherever it was. Um, yeah, it it didn't want to be shown. It deserves to be shown at eight twenty on a Saturday night. It's just you wonder whether they was really looking for a lighter episode to put in between what we've had the three recent ones we've had and. And what's coming up? Well, there's there's nothing wrong with putting out a, a lighter episode, certainly to, you know to break up all the all the dark stuff that we all scary stuff that we've had. But um, to put out an episode that isn't okay, it's a lighter episode, but doesn't appear to have gone a lot of through a lot of quality control as far as I'm concerned. I don't, I'm not sure that I'm not sure that it, it lacked because it's not quality. Doctor Who. This was not Doctor Who at all. You could have told this story without the Doctor. 
Um, pretty basically did. I mean, yeah. It's, I mean, I mean, I mean, not to have him in it at all. You could have, you could have said, Peter Capaldi's Paul, having a week off this week." Um, that's what I said you about. Know. He could, you could have narrated it as a. Yeah, he could have bookended it, couldn't he? Really? Yeah. And come in, you know, his voice over the top doing the speech about the what happens in nineteen oh eight or whatever it yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I quite like the idea of, of you know, the, the trees sort of saving the planet. Yeah. Um. I think it was that lack of any threat, and I thought maybe that the trees should have been attacking the people trying to set fire to them. Maybe would have added a little bit of mystery to it. Well, make make I, it I, make I, it make it look like the forest is evil. But what it was always trying to do is save the human race from itself. It was just a bit. <sighs> and even the point where they said we're trying to find a little girl, so get back, we're going to start setting fire to the forest. Yeah, that, that, that was like yeah, because that, that's more important. If she's there, we'll, we'll bring her child remains back. Don't worry. <laughs> we'll cook it up for that tiger. <laughs> We found the found the tigers. Tiger only eats cooked food now since it's gone blind through light being shown in its eyes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it was a wolf Sunday roast, wasn't it? <laughs> oh dear. Yeah, it, it was just low. It was just things like that. I thought this isn't making any any sense. That's what I mean. It's just it was just no quality control, just so poorly plotted. So I don't really think that was going to make any sense. You know, this you just said there's a child wandered into the area your area you're just about to set fire to and you're saying, get back, we're gonna set fire to it anyway. Be damned with you. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna set fire to this whole forest. Yeah. that just didn't make you know, clear the paths. But mind you that probably is the sort of knee jerk reaction this government would make actually so <laughs> Might do away with some of the poor as well. (laughs) (laughs) Better get the homeless off the streets. Exactly. Oh, dear. No, it it is such a disappointment. It really was a disappointment. Um, Yeah, it it, it just didn't actually... I mean, they they could easily have just lost this episode and you wouldn't have been bothered. It didn't even really take on the, the Clara... Danny story anywhere really did it either? No, that, that just again it went nowhere, did it? It, it just it was just sort of. And oh. you could you could have accepted it if that had been the reason why you're having this quiet episode on Earth. Well, I mean, it's like, because you you're going to take that to a point yeah, where you're yeah. going to have a a climax next week or in the two parter. Well, I mean, last week you had the Doctor finding out Clara was lying, and that yeah. again didn't really go anywhere, did it? He, he called her out on it, and that was it. This week. Danny finds out she's been lying to him. And although, did... although if if he didn't believe that after last week's as well, maybe. But he did seem then... to be quite shocked about the homework being on the TARDIS, yes. didn't he? Yeah. Uh, but again, it didn't go anywhere. And um, and again, it's sort of like Danny seems to be very, very forgiving. I mean, what, what this what this episode is did the one thing this episode did. Yeah. Is it's sort of setting up Danny as this sort of ideal husband? Material, yeah, yeah, yeah. brilliant with kids, able to protect everybody, understanding, and everything. You know, Mm. um, God, I was nearly marrying him myself. No, it's (laughs) hands off. (laughs) I saw him first. (laughs) I'm not quite sure how we're going to have the kids, but we'll come back to that one. We can adopt. But yeah, just from that, that that's. Uh, I don't know whether that is then taking it. I mean, you just tend to feel then 
it is setting it, that was set, that was the only bit of setup that came out of this episode, mm. as far as we're aware, I suppose. I suppose but, so. Yeah. Um. Hmm. Yeah, and that but that didn't really take it any further. No, it didn't. And the, I mean, the other thing I and could have could have been done could have been done quite quickly in a proper story. It could have been. It could have been. Um. The the other bit I didn't like as well, and <laughs> again I thought. Are we supposed to care what's happening here? Is the bit right at the very end when uh, Maeve's missing sister Annabelle sister just reappears? Just out of reappears bush. out of a bush. Yeah. Um, which seems to leave last as well. Why? Why the, the, the sort of these mystical things thought that um, we'll save the best till last and we'll disappear after all the trees have have gone and we'll save this one bush right outside our house with a pair of scary eyes peering out of it. Yeah. Um. And that's how it ended. You thought, oh, well, we didn't know her beforehand. Why are we supposed to care? I mean, whether the, the thing on that is that she's in somehow gone off and, and run off with the tree folk, I don't know. Um, <laughs> that is why... Away with the fairies, I think you're trying to say that. away with the tree fairies, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it will be. Um, and that is why... Maeve that is, is being contacted by them is because it's her sister doing it. Well, they because were... she's in contact herself with them. Yeah, well, it, it, it did try to explain that it was it was Maeve who sort of triggered this off because she was talking to them on that level, and it was the the drugs they were giving her was sort of you know fending that off, killing killing that wavelength, wasn't it? Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I quite like that idea that you know. So that that's why her sister returned because her sister was with them. For that time, well, I, she's been missing. Well, I thought it was more to do with the fact that oh, that was the other thing as well. I didn't like. That. I actually, actually, the first time I watched it, yeah, I've now watched this twice. And the first time I watched this, I thought they'd said that her sister had died or had been in an accident or something. Mm. So that, that actually, at the end, sort of took me by surprise in the fact that where does she come from? They've resurrected her corpse. Yes, <laughs> but <laughs> which was actually even more scary, and why <laughs> I was. You know, the mother's reaction was a bit surprising. <laughs> Your dead daughter had come back to. Like, it would be better if actually sort of like, oh, Annabelle, you, you've come back to us. And he just goes, brains. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how it should have ended. <laughs> but it was, no, it, I, I realised that they had just said she had disappeared. But even the fact that it was a year... Well, I, I, I don't thought, know I it thought... had to be. It seemed an odd that she could have been missing for a year. If they'd have said she'd been missing for a month or so, even maybe it might have been. Well, I thought it was more to do with the fact of that message that Maeve put out to the world at the end, and that's how she she got because she said, "Oh, I wish you would come home" or, or whatever it was, and and at the end she appears because she the put tree this... fairies went and found her. Yeah, I, I, I. I just got more the idea that her sister was actually in communication with, for want of a better word, as we're now calling them, the tree fairies. <laughs> and that's why they was talking to Maeve, because they was trying to pass on messages from her sister. Could be. I, I really don't know. I really don't care. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, there, there were a couple of um, bright spots in this, so I'm not talking about the torch. Or the sun. Or the sun. Um, <laughs> and that was some of the um, direction by, I think it's a first time director, Sherry Folkson. And there's one bit I liked was the sort of like the handheld shot 
when the Doctor was walking around the top tier of the TARDIS, followed by Maeve. Yeah. I like that. That was nicely done. The way it just sort of tracked all the way sort of backwards around the, the circumference of the, the TARDIS. Um, another shot she did as well, it was sort of like a point of view. It's like a first-person shot of the Doctor looking at Maeve. You just see his hand and arm pointing at her. Yeah. Sort of asking her a question. I like that. I thought that was different. I thought that was, that was quite quite well done. So there were some decent little things sort of, you know, out of, I hate using this expression, out of the box thinking with some of the camera and when the shots. And when the Doctor's explaining that the trees are there to save them. Yeah. And you've got that sort of shot from underneath him, leaning forward. Leaning forward the towards them. Yeah, yeah, I like that. There was, there was some interesting stuff there. Um, but I th- the rest of it, I, I don't know. I don't you say it's pedestrian, but I, I mean, I like the fact that they'd, I think the set design wasn't too bad with all the little land, London landmarks yeah. in the middle of this forest. That that was well done. I and mean, the only thing that came out after the next time trailer last week was that the um, or how people picked up on this very very quick glimpse when they come out of the uh, National History Museum and they see in the distance that double decker bus. Yeah, and on the side of the bus is an advert for Doctor Who, <laughs> which apparently isn't was just a picture of a bus. Just a picture of a bus. Yeah, that's what they they, well, they didn't actually have a bus there. That 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 clips you see mm. of the bus through the trees. Yeah, that is just actually a cardboard. Stand-up oh wow! So it's just bus. like a little nice little in camera effect. Yeah. Oh wow! No, well, no, it, it's it's a full size cardboard. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's done in, yeah. it's done in camera yeah. rather than superimposed yeah. or anything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, brilliant! Oh, it was well done. Whatever. Mm. It was very well Apparently done. So. From from the Doctor Who extra. Oh, right, which I, I stayed watched. up to watch. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Um, it's obviously past your bedtime. Isn't it? it is by then. It is by then. Um, yes. Tucked away. I mean, I, I quite liked like, we, in this. We Willy Winky hat on, and <laughs> but none of the kids coming into the TARDIS think this is odd. No, no, indeed. They just sort of. Okay, it, yeah, this, this, this is how this is this is how this works. So no one actually sort of you know does the it's bigger on the inside. He tries yeah. To do. Um, actually, there's one. I, do you know what? I've forgotten a name already? Uh, the kid who was in um, Kill the Moon. Yeah, Courtney. Courtney. Yeah, I thought she would have been in this class. No, obviously not. Seeing as they were sort of like a class of um, not ex- not exceptionally bright and uh, yeah. model students, put it that way. I thought the Courtney, the, yeah, I thought Courtney would have been in there actually, but I thought was, if this the shoe in for her to to reappear, I thought this would have been it. But very strange. Yeah, that she's not it's mentioned. Not, or yeah, at all. Maybe she's gone absolutely. She's in a padded cell somewhere now after the events that killed them. Yeah, I will. But... <laughs> oh, and, and I suppose the other line in this, yeah, which was after we've had. Last week's and the end of last week's, it's almost as if they knew what the action to the end of last week's episode was going to be. Mm. You had the, it's a screwdriver, it's not a magic wand line. Ah, yes. Yeah, especially after I said he kind of waved it like a magic wand. Yes. Yes. Are we subconsciously affecting the outcome of this <laughs> series? <laughs> I actually went and reshot that scene from Wednesday, you know that. <laughs> Thursday morning, they was up <laughs> Maybe they, maybe they just saw me run around London waving at imaginary pigeons. <laughs> <laughs> They've seen me travelling to work. <laughs> oh dear! Right, I, I, I think I've said all I want to say 
about this one really. Yeah. Um, it was it was just a disappointment, and um, I suppose there's got to be one every series, and this this was mine really. Yeah. You know, this yeah, is, no, I, you know, yeah, I, I agree with that. It's just, it just was not at all aimed at us. No, it wasn't. Big disappointment. And big, big, big disappointment. Um, but anyway, next week we're in the final stretch, aren't we? It's the yeah. penultimate episode, Dark Water, uh, the first of a two-parter. Um, looks exciting, looks interesting, especially with what they appear to be doing with Clara. Yeah. Very interesting. And hopefully the, uh... they are giving Clara a couple of outs, aren't they? Yes. One, one, one with the the man who could be the perfect husband. Yeah. And to not and to our, stop travelling and the, our dream man. We're going to have to fight her. her actually, actually too, I've got I've got one final thing to say about this. As you said, it's not it was not aimed at us. When I watched it again this afternoon, remember I, I said last week my son sat down and watched uh, Flatline yeah. with me. Um, this afternoon, my daughter sat down and watched um, In the Forest of the Night with me, and she was totally transfixed by it. And my daughter's got a very short attention span yeah. when, when it comes to watching it. Even if it's something she likes, she watched the first five minutes, sees enough, and then she's off playing with her toys or whatever. She sat down for the entire episode and watched it. And because there wasn't a lot going on, but I think it's that whole thing of, she seems to pick up if anything with other kids in it, she'll watch it. So I know that obviously she's only twenty one one months old, but and these kids were a great deal older. But she seems to to home in on on that sort of thing, and she watched the whole thing. So I think you know you know the case in point. This was aimed at kids. Yeah, really was. So, but there you are. How dare they aim? How dare they aim Doctor Who at kids? <laughs> <laughs> that seems to be our verdict from this one. Well, no, I think Doctor Who's a balance. Is it, it, it's a family show. I mean, originally yeah. they said it's, it's a show for kids. It's not now. It's a show that the entire family should be sitting down and watching it, and usually do. And I think this one, I think for older viewers, I think they're the ones who are going to walk away from this disappointed, as, as I am, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. So, anyway, that's that. So we've got something to look forward to. Dark Water looks exciting. Um, hopefully we'll have a few um, series mysteries wrapped up here. Or, or, yeah. or the beginnings of a, of a wrapping up, put it that way. Yes. Yeah, yes. you're never quite sure, are you? You're not, are you? Anything wrapped up. No, indeed, indeed. So, uh, yes, the final stretch. So, um, yes, looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. It's... Uh, Looking forward to it. also with it tinge a little bit of uh, sadness because it means it's the end of this current series very uh, very shortly. Yes, yeah, yep. can't believe it's gone by so quickly. Anyway, anyway, um, I think that's it, isn't it? That is, yes. That is it. That is it. Okay, everyone. So we shall return next week with our review of Dark Water. So until then, it is goodbye from me, Phil, and goodbye from me, Paul. Goodbye. to the Who's He podcast. Please visit our website at who's-he-podcast.co.uk. You can also follow us on Twitter 
at who's underscore he underscore podcast. And please also join the Who's He Podcast Facebook group. The Who's He Podcast is a member of the Doctor Who Podcast Alliance. Mm-hmm.